mean, I, I felt good about him not even having to pay out his money. And I got the girl to piss on him for his birthday. Welcome to Pringle and Tarry and Take on Reality, the podcast of the future with the production values of the past. Please do us a favour and go and subscribe on <laughs> iTunes, Spotify, leave us a review, do all that good shit, follow us on our socials at PatterPod. Uh, with me today we've got my other half, Sarah Stewardson, Sadie, and um, uh, my current co-host and guy that's doing me a favour, Craig Potter. Um, today we're going to talk about the original certified freak seven days a week, GJ Allen. <laughs> Craig, what have you got to say about GJ Allen? So I've got I've got uh, I've got something for you here. So the the new thing to get viral, the new way of like you know getting the podcast out there is to reevaluate old bits of art like, like that other people have overlooked, and it's. I think the pinnacle way of doing that, like, is either you can go back and say films like The Phantom Menace are actually a work of genius. So you can go back and say that uh, the Crystal uh, Crystal Skull actually, you know, is an underrated camp masterpiece. Uh, and what I'm going to do here is I'm, I'm going to both Phantom say that Gigi Allen. Sorry, what's that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm going to say why Gigi Allen uh, is basically the hunchback of Notre Dame. <laughs> so, they look quite similar so, to be fair <laughs> they incredibly they look very similar so both, both Gigi Allen and the Hunchback of Notre Dame were were unwanted in their youth and raised by a absolutely cynical maniacal religious figure who who's, uh, Gigi's real name is Jesus Christ Allen <laughs> and his dad was an absolute lunatic much like in the Hunchback of Notre Dame Arm, uh, where Quasimodo is raised by uh, the the evil uh, head of the church in France. Both of them grow up to love a heroine who destroys their life, uh, uh, <laughs> frowned upon by the public. So either that's heroin in his life, or <laughs> or the uh, <laughs> woman as played by Esmeralda in the film. Uh, both of them are spat upon. Both of them are. Uh, generically looked at down upon by society and both of them have uh, at least two to three good songs that you, they could put out <laughs> <laughs> only one of them really loved being uh, degraded though and, and treated like that from society I don't know if the hunchback in Notre Dame uh, really really seemed the, the sort of well he, he went a different- fucking craved you know <laughs> He actually, but in the film, he actually goes and does the fool, uh, like joins in on the fool's day and becomes the king of the fool. So, you know, he gets a kick out of everyone having fun with him, but it ends up with him getting glassed and bottled, which is actually what happens to Gigi Allen most of the time (laughs) on set. He'd come out, he'd be too fucked to perform. So all these punks would just start smashing bottles on his head and posing for pictures with his passed out body. So it's exactly like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm going to play the intro to the the documentary uh, Hated Gigi Allen in the Murder Junkies where someone describes that scene you've just mentioned. The show began and Gigi stumbled down the stairs leading to the stage. He had done too much heroin and couldn't go through with the show. But his fans managed to get their money's worth by repeatedly kicking him and breaking bottles over his head. (laughs) <laughs> that's just a 
just as Craig was describing, but a first-hand account of a the way that guy's fucking career basically went and how his shows used to go generally. Yeah, exactly. Was that um, a fan reporting that? I think it? it was the guy. I don't know who was speaking there actually. Um, I think it was one of his fans. One of his fans. Yeah. Michigan. Or his drummer. So yeah, similar to the Hunchback, who was uh, you know out there, King of Fools. Uh, the only way for him to be accepted and lauded is by being the King of the Fools. Very much the same with Gigi Allen, being an entertainer, being like pushing the boundaries and being out there. But unlike the Disney version, the original Hunchback of Notre Dame, the uh, the the French book that it's the it's an adaptation on, um, he actually uh, does some necrophilia in in the the, the Hunchback. Actually, digs up Esmeralda. Surprised they never put um, that in the Disney yeah, film. So, yeah. So yes, yeah, so, same. I'm surprised oh, well, as well. Had, like, I think, you know, Disney, especially though. in the '90s ones. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, it's Madman. What? So have you read the book? Or have you just uh, read about the incest? Or well, no, it wasn't incest. Sorry, the one is slight than the Hunchback. Yeah. Um, the yeah. necrophilia. Why is the Hunchback banging dead people? Uh, well, you know, if you look like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and <laughs> no, I think it's because he falls in love with Esmeralda and she gets killed, and then he digs her up. But whereas in the uh, what? You know, the Disney version, they they you know smartly omitted it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't really want the the digging up of fucking corpses. Well, I don't know. She'd to be honest. I don't know if I've actually seen the Hunchback in Notre Dame. Mm. Um, I might have seen it when I was a kid, but I've not watched the Disney film as an adult because adults. I would recommend. Just don't fucking no. I've got no time for them. You know what I mean? When you meet like a like a grown adult, she's usually like a lassie in her twenties or thirties, and they're like well into Disney. Almost certainly, I can't. There is definitely a there's definitely a second coming of Disney. That I think it's a thing to do with like recapturing your youth or going back and like reevaluating it because a lot of people it was like those Disney films were you those were the girl things to watch and then you sort of grow up and say well I don't like that because I'm not a girl anymore I'm a woman now or like and then they go actually I was a bit harsh on that and they go back to it but it always it's always women in their 30s who are like mad into Disney yeah and like the but I mean I don't really if you like the films because you liked them as a kid fair enough but if you've got all the fucking merch do you know what I mean it's just no. not they good. Ju- I mean they just force it upon their their children now I guess like women in their yeah. and they're just like wanting to relive it and then force all the old ones on them be like we will go to Disneyland yeah. for every try holiday. to have a sleepover with a fucking 19 year old and that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I his dad was a fucking religious fanatic you are looking we used to talk about um, as we were just saying about digging a body up he used to dig graves under the house that they lived in it was like a <laughs> like a shack basically had no running water no electricity this in the early 60s and um, and his dad built these graves or dug these graves underneath the house. Eventually, the mum sort of probably just ditched him, ran away, because um, he was he was plotting the suicide of himself and all of his family. Um, yeah, I think the mum was just kind of like, or she ended up with another guy. So they actually ended up getting raised by someone else from the age of about six. Him and his brother Mel, who, if you watch yeah. the documentary, is the guy with the bald head but long sideburns and the Hitler mustache, <laughs> the um, extra long Hitler mustache. Yeah, yeah, it's like a Hitler mustache that you you would struggle to drink a pint with, you know. <laughs> yeah. Which, to be fair to Hitler, like the one thing was he could definitely, you know, he could get the Steins in very quick. 
quickly. Whereas like the that mustache is definitely. He's quite a negative guy. But yeah, no, like yeah. Probably not very good for, for Hitler to have, like personally not very good at a beer hall. <laughs> reckon Hitler like Disney you know how Disney push. supposedly liked Hitler and I was saying how much I hate people that like Disney do you reckon Hitler likes Disney because they say that Disney was in I, I, think, I, know, I don't know how true that is I think that's kind of overstated in terms I've of like, I've definitely heard it yeah, yeah but I think I, I think, think it's Disney one of those things that same that like most Americans had at that point like it was it was quite a split country I don't know if you've ever watched Mad Men yeah. but it's uh, they've got like yeah. weird prejudice towards Jews even though it's just been World War II was only 15 years before um, and the, the Nazis had a lot of yeah. sympathisers and I don't know I, I think people tend to overstate it when uh, the guy's been dead for 50 years and can't really like just uh, what would you call it defend can't himself. really uh, uh, defend himself you know mm-hmm. answer back rebuttal yeah, I, I think I think it's yeah it's like the, it's like the thing how um, like you can take it yeah it's probably something like what happened with David Attenborough like saying that um he was saying about like how the um, it's mad that we send food parcels all around the world when like our population has grown to the point where it's like Earth almost can't sustain it, and like it's a one-off comment that he made, like which was like obviously not well informed or explained upon, and people have been saying he's he's a, he's basically uh, su- suggesting genocide, and I was like, I'm pretty sure he didn't <laughs> you know what, mean that. Suggested genocide <laughs> like, on this podcast okay. two or three times. <laughs> I don't think Genesis is a good I mean Thanksgiving taken out of context the guy you know he might, maybe he was just had a, a few drinks and a cigar and he was like oh, there's too many fucking people there are too many people in the world to be sending food all across the countries <laughs> <laughs> the world has gotten too large and the resources are finite On so I have collected six infinity stones and will wipe out half of all life on earth. Before Attenborough was fucking the hack impression to do. Like. Yeah. <laughs> that version was awful. Craig was doing this from like fucking 2006. <laughs> yeah, I used to, I did the thing where I cut I, I used to come out on stage and basically just um riff on people in the audiences and stuff and saying like Can we play a video of it? Uh, no, 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 don't do that. Because I think the video you've got was from when I was at school. Like, like I don't even know if that was how good that one would have been. So was that right, man? You had loads of energy. It was like I think you were like eighteen. Yeah, yeah that would. Yeah, yeah. yeah you looked like right. proper like like you'd spent a lot of time in theaters. Yeah, definitely theater kids, man. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, like weirdly you enough, like talking about. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I yeah. mean, like the Disney sort of thing as well. Like that, that you know, I definitely <laughs> would. Do you know? Do you think? Like, I used to love. Like, I, I do all like the Disney songs, and Disney definitely, like, in the second wave, gave like ripped off a lot of Broadway because mm-hmm. they they weren't always doing like the big show tunes and the big songs. That's actually like the '90s and '80s stuff. Whereas, like before, like do do you think Sebastian the Crab is the person who gave birth to the Scar revival? Because that was like early '90s. He was doing all of those like. Under the sea, under the sea, and I can't do that accent. It's too under the sea. Under the sea. 
That's definitely that. You told me that that didn't give birth to real big fish in Streetline Manifesto. Like, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I'm sure like Rancid gave birth to them. Um, they just made a shit version of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Have I just and like, you, 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 you Alan gave some birth to Rancid. Yes, so you know, it's all. And then, and also, so Hitler gave birth to Disney. <laughs> he was a big fan of Disney. Sorry, man. Remember like, that? yeah. Um, hit, so Gigi gave. <laughs> Yeah, Hitler definitely would. But like, do you reckon, um, I mean, if we talk about like art that you're not making like that and Gigi Allen being like the, the offence art and what Hitler liked, Hitler loved Charlie Chaplin, which is why he had the Charlie Chaplin moustache. Charlie Chaplin did a, a film taking the piss out of where he played Hitler called The Great, Great Dictator. Dictator. And do you reckon... You probably wouldn't be able to make a film like The Great Dictator now. I think the closest thing you get to it is... Uh, Seth Rogen and James Franco doing uh, the thing where they assassinate King John Un, and that's the height of satire. Like those are the those are the people at the forefront of comedy. That's fucking Seth Rogen and James Franco saying they're going to kill Seth King Rogen John. Super bad, which we were talking about last week, is one of the best comedies ever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's, it is. It's one of the most successful as well. So yeah. actually, yeah, I'll take that back. James Seth Rogen. Franco. Also, I mean, you make great comedy actor. James Franco's very funny and uh, like. Um, Pineapple Express and what's that film they play themselves? This is the end. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if James Franco's a good writer. Yeah, those look good. Um, I think James Franco is one of those people that's managed to avoid. Like he's one of him and Jared are both kind of always circling the pain of being cancelled. Managing the battle don't quite come out, and you're like, oh, okay, you, you avoided it again. Well done, lads. What getting outed as a nonce or something? So. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, something like that, or like there's always stuff like that. Like, yeah, um, like underage fans or something, and like and it never quite comes out. So, so I think the one that doesn't Jared like, Leto uh, have an actual cult? Yeah, who's got a cult? Jared Leto. I mean, you could argue G. Jared Leto, the guy from Thirty Seconds to Mars. <laughs> exactly. Again, we could all, it always link. He definitely had a cult. Yeah, like, like I mean, he had people who would follow him around for days and go back to like heroin. Like they would break into old houses and, um, and like literally just live in these old broken down houses and shit and just shoot heroin and party for days, which is mm. just fucking, it's so punk that like, <laughs> but also like all things punk sounds cool. But then when you're actually in a broken down house with Cameron some guy who's pissed and shit, Cameron would be like, heroin, like, <laughs> <laughs> Cameron made us go to a um, a punk squat in Hamburg. It was yeah. like it was like a, it was like a two hour walk away from where we were. It was fucking this time like two years ago, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like let's go see this punk squat. We went there, and it was there. It was there. Like fucking, well, I was like, great, hi guys, bye. Um, well, was there a show on? No, I think we took like some going in to see some people fucking taking drugs. No. No sure. No, that's ex- no. He just yeah, pretty much. No, it was he just wanted to go there and look at the people who were basically squatting in this building. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> to be well, fair, well, maybe it would have been, maybe it would have been cool. But um, moving on, um, you could argue nope. that Gigi <laughs> Allen was uh, the ultimate punk. I mean, like to a fault because like yeah, growing up, I loved like hardcore and punk and stuff like that, and. And I like the sort of attitudes towards it, but or, or the attitude mm. of it, sort of being anti-authority and all that kind of thing. But when you get yeah. to the level where you're claiming that you can fuck twelve-year-olds, um, and you're not really—I don't really—I think that's not good. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a 
horrible fucking guy, to be honest, man. And um, and he's and he's like, yeah. And his his racism, his 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 general like hatred of people. He is one of the sort of like the yeah huge racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could say so. So I mean, a racist man who like used to strip naked, shit on stage, um, throw shit at audiences. Like like footage. There's footage in this documentary that uh, Todd Phillips, the guy we spoke about last time, who would go on to do the Hangover films and the Joker films and stuff like that. This was the first film he made. There is footage of uh, Gigi Allen having shoving a hot dog up a guy's ass and the guy shitting a hot dog into his mouth, like. <laughs> Which, yeah, what has that got the, to the do? That's, that's punk. That's punk. Apparently, that's the. <laughs> yeah, the documentary like, opens with him like, yeah, he shits. Yeah, the, he shits into his mouth, doesn't he? Um, mm-hmm. It just does all this nasty it's, it's ass art. shit. It's, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's expression. It's art. Well, I mean, I'm sure there's. A, I mean, I can't remember what the artists yeah. called, but they've done it in universities where they just like would spread like shit all over the walls and things and call that art because it's like part of human existence and about waste and things all over it, like the type of performance art. Yeah, like, there was a guy in our school that wrote the word shite on the toilet walls in his own shite. That's <laughs> <laughs> art. <laughs> the whole thing about what is art is about framing and stuff. Like that's a lot of that's quite like performance art. Um, is is very different to like there was the the guy who put the like the toilet in the um, in the in a museum is like is this art but the like the whole point of it was doing that and asking the question is this art so people have go take his question of is this toilet art and they think that they're oh, being wow. clever saying well it's not art because it's them the whole point was making people ask whether or not it was the question was the art not the actual toilet the toilet was just something he'd taken out of. Uh, um, taken out of context on purpose and put in a museum. So, and a similar thing with GG Allen, like quick in a fucking broken down toilet, and I can put this in the museum or an exhibition. Yeah, I was going to say, but is make a couple is this, Yeah, <laughs> it's the same with the the pipe when it's just like in French. This is not a pipe. So see, like it's they just it was a a drawing of a pipe, and they just wrote mm. it's not a pipe, and what that was it. <laughs> Smoking. I call my I call my penis the paper pringle. Yeah, it's like the, the do camp stuff. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking I mean, speaking it, of penises, can we discuss just take a quick sidebar on the uh, Gigi Allen's penis? Um, because we, you see it a lot in his videos. The man had a very small penis. Yeah, that's like, a diagnosis of for somebody who is so willing <laughs> yeah. to get naked it on stage and like so aggressive penis, you know? and so like. <laughs> I like it. No, I was, I was, I was, I was going to ask you, you were, you to review it, give it a five star rating. Do you want to take a pause? All right, let's do a wee, wee ten minute break, okay? And we're back um, with a review of the penis of Gigi Allen, uh, subject to today's episode. Um, it's a tiny thing, looks like a sort of witchetty grub. Have you ever watched uh, <laughs> a celebrity get me out of here? <laughs> oh, <it does. laughs> what did you think of the man's penis um, that we did see being fellated by another a fan of his, a, a middle aged man at one point? Or he might have been a younger man, but he looked like he'd had a hard life. Uh, the person was blowing him in the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know I, that was him that he was blowing in that because it looked a lot bigger at that point alright well maybe he stretched it out I don't know maybe I, don't I mean know. they do get bigger like. <laughs> it's just extremely small I was quite Bravo. shocked at how it was probably <laughs> micro 
Yeah. Yeah. A microaggression. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a long baby. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's your belly. Long baby. Like a big, creepy, abusive fucking baby. baby. Um, (laughs) You can see on a talk show. (laughs) (laughs) On Geraldo. He looks like the sort of baby that a mum would say, like, "Isn't isn't he looking precious? <laughs> and then you see him reacting to something and go, God, he's a bit precious. <laughs> so his uh that's his penis. Um his music career started in the sort of mid-70s. He played in hundreds of bands with these um with people in his school, the kind of usual thing. Uh, started off influenced by the sort of British invasion and then moved into punk. Um Initially as a drummer, and then he started fronting acts. Um, bands called like the Cedar Street Sluts, the Scumfucks, the Texas Nazis. Um, and then when he was playing for the Cedar Street Sluts, he earned a net reputation. They were playing in Manchester, New Hampshire. He earned a nickname, the Madman of Manchester. So that's kind of the start of his antics getting a bit out of hand. What so. I like about this is that it, that it that's a really good, succinct. Uh, overview of his punk career but it does it does admit the fact that he was in a kiss cover band for a while was he <laughs> man fucking loved kiss which one was he was he the cat kiss. <laughs> oh he's no he's definitely got star man energy isn't he like at least chocolate star man yeah you can imagine him like like pursing his lips in front of the mirror when he's dressed up as Paul Stanley you know what I mean like I'm going to be a star one day a bit buffalo yeah. <laughs> yeah. fuck me I'd fuck me <laughs> I'd fuck you so hard <laughs> oh. these are crazy 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 nights <laughs> And he took that very seriously. These were crazy nights for Gigi <laughs> Allen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For Paul Stanley, you've got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to be Peter Chris, not even Peter Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, aye, so then he got, sort of gained wider attention. It was That was sort of underground stuff. And then he had a cassette only release called Hated in the Nation, containing tracks from his out of print catalogue with the different bands he was in. The tape featured several in-studio and in-concert recordings with an all-star band assembled by producer Maximum Rock and Roll and early Alan patron Michael Board, or a spell fucking weird, Michael. Um, this band featured Jay Maskis of Dinosaur Jr. on lead guitar and Bongwater record producer and musician Mark Kramer on bass. Um, I, I mean, it's not. have you listened to a lot of Judy Allen's music? Yeah, so um, one of the reasons I wanted, like, that I'd said I'd speak about him stuff is like there was a punk guy that I used to be friends with, and literally I think we were outside of a, um, like, it was either a Descendants or um, a like Dillinger, like Dillinger Four um, punk show, and there was just this punk guy who like full full mop of hair and basically just started talking about Gigi Allen. And I made a mistake that, you, you know, you, you always, always pretend you know a band, never say, who is that? Because this motherfucker turned me down, sat me down, put a, like poured, hit, poured whiskey <laughs> in my drink and just started fucking telling me everything about Gigi Allen. So I have, I have, actually, listened to, I have actually listened to a lot of his music and stuff. And like, and it's, that the thing was as well, like it hyped me up for this punk show. We went in there and like afterwards there was this, I like after these, these stories of these wild punks that were out there, like smashing bottles on the head and that like the New York hardcore scene and like Gigi Allen, like, like literally like shoving broken glass up himself 
Same thing with like Iggy Pop, like covering himself in heroin, like in in broken glass and shooting heroin, putting blood on the walls. After this amazing tale of like what punks are like, we were at this punk show moshing, and on our way out, there was just this guy with two mohawks patting everybody down, going, "Buddy, buddy, have you stolen or seen my bullet belt? I've lost my bullet belt." <laughs> Padding people down, man. I wouldn't feel comfortable being patted down by a man with two mohawks. <laughs> you look like a rock hopper penguin. <laughs> the only person that could pull that pull that off was um, Keith from The Prodigy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. See, that's um, that's a friendly punk. Keith yeah. and the Prodigy. Like, I love that he looked like that. He had, had that. Yeah. Had that stage presence, but every story I hear about him is just lovely. <laughs> I like the, the only thing that came out of, you know, like all of the other, every, every other celebrity that died is like, oh, something horrible is going to come out about. It. And the only thing that came out about Keith from the Prodigy is that he was actually just a really nice bloke. Yeah. <laughs> Have a cup of tea with him. Yeah. Not such a fire starter after all. Eh? <laughs> nah. But uh, I, so, so JJ Allen by the mid to late 80s was more, he was addicted to booze and, abusing all sorts of intoxicants and he became more known for his his on stage antics than he was mm. for his uh, his music. He first defecated on stage in nineteen eighty five in Peoria, Illinois. According to fellow fellow performer Bloody Mess, I was with him when he bought the X Lax. Unfortunately he ate it hours before the show so he constantly had to throw it or would have or he would have shit before he got on stage or constantly had to hold it, sorry. After he shit on stage, complete chaos broke out in the hall. All the old men in charge in the hall went fucking nuts. Hundreds of confused punk kids were flipping out and running out the door because the smell was incredible. <laughs> Defecation became a regular part of his stage act. Have you ever seen someone shit on stage? Uh, no, I've never, I've never seen it. I know Frank Zappa's famously done it. So mm. Frank Zappa was, well, I think, he like was the OG. <laughs> he was the OG to do to pass an OP on stage. Um, the original shitter, as yes, we like to know. So, uh, and I know that, um, but, and Iggy Pop's done it as well. Has he? Yeah, <laughs> King King Iggy. Uh, he's also Iggy Pop used to make himself sick on stage uh, a lot as well. <laughs> that, that's almost worse. I mean, I, I know that the smell of puke is worse, and uh, I don't know, shitting's like something you're supposed to do, making yourself <laughs> sick. No, that's good. You know what I mean? And he probably vomited over the crowd and shit. You know, they were. I think people at gigs used to be a, li- a way more. Uh, like, they used to like, and maybe it's like this in some countries, but they used to like spit on each other loads and stuff. Like, the, the crowd would spit on the fucking performer. Oh, I've, I've had. Yeah. Have you been, have you been around I've, that I've before? I've been I've been at punk shows like that before as well. Like especially when I was like younger and stuff. Like you go, I'd go to like all day things, mm-hmm. and there are people who still have that like that need to be um, like grim, grim. And like I mean, I I've been to shows with like I mean, like fucked up used to do a thing where they would uh, the lead singer would cut his head open on stage before we get like I remember I met him after a show uh, it's like massive bear of a man I said is it true you won't leave until somebody's bleeding he goes no but just me I don't want anyone in the audience getting hurt <laughs> like, so this man's like fucking weeping from the head talking about how much he doesn't want anyone to get hurt is he covering um, scars in that now um, your man for fucked up 
Uh, he's got. He's just got like a dent here. Um, doesn't look quite as bad as Gigi looked. I'm no. telling you. I yeah, yeah. When you see the pictures from, uh, so Gigi died of an overdose. Kind of skipping ahead a bit, but we'll come back. Yeah. You see the pictures from his funeral at the oh. end of that documentary. It's in black and white, so it probably makes it look worse than it was. But he looks fucking roughly. I think the black and white would make it look better. It's probably purple or yeah, like that's completely. True, oh, it's just it's so swollen. Mm. Uh, that's a good just, point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I and he idolized the country music legend Hank Williams and saw himself as a kindred spirit. This guy was fucking nuts. <laughs> 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 both were relative loners and outsiders. Both were habitual users of intoxicants and both lived with a few, if any, possessions and cra- and travelled the country relentlessly. Alan's yeah. acoustic output documented um on the EP, The Troubled Troubadour was heavily influenced by Williams. Um, he recorded his own rewrites of Hank Williams Jr.'s Family Tradition and David Allen Coe's Long-Haired Redneck. So he actually had quite a... Although he was mostly known for being a punk musician, he had all this spoken word shit and, like, he was he did mm. country stuff. So it was really just a lone... Like, I, I don't... I don't. Um, I hope people don't think I'm, like... have, like, adulation for the guy at all. I don't have any, like... I think he was grim and uh, horrible. Yeah. But like in terms of like just a pure lone wolf, just did whatever he kind of wanted to do in terms of his music. Um, although having listened to it, it's not very good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like again, it, it's he was very much um, he was very much about like uh, the performance and stuff. But like some, you know, some of his country stuff, like he wasn't he wasn't Hank Williams. <laughs> like, but yeah. you know, like there are some of the some of like the hardcore stuff you can see it. You can, it's like any of the sort of like punks, punks, you know, you can hear the influence that then would have on like no effects and stuff and mm. how like it, you know, how like the sort of the fact that he didn't have good vocals and stuff like would lead to guttural vocals and things like that. Like yeah. there was plenty of people doing that though that were. Yeah, better. no, this is like, the thing. He wasn't I mean? the first. Yeah. He wasn't the first. But yeah, he, like I know because of it, like if he wasn't doing this is the other thing as well. If he wasn't doing the stage stuff. Would he, he would Ed, he even be spoken about no. like at all? I don't think yeah. so. If, if he wasn't on no. like talk shows and shit, like talking about how he can do this and that and do what he wants and how he's mm. above, not above the law, but doesn't have any respect for the law and and will happen. And yeah, he's like, I'm going to kill myself on stage. It's just, it's just, it's like a like Manson, but Manson was obviously way more palatable for people, even though he was shocking. He was like a, a, yeah. a the prototype from Alan Manson, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say that's more of like his legacy is, and mm-hmm. the weird thing with like going back to like Todd Phillips, who's made this documentary and then would later go on to make like the Joker and stuff, which people obviously said that at the time there was contra- like slightly fake hyped up controversy about um, whether or not like because the Joker led to a mass shooting because a guy styled himself on that character back in two thousand and eight. Mm. Whether or not having a character restyling that character as a mass shooter was a bad idea, um, the maker of that film, Todd Phillips, is the maker of this documentary. And as you said, JG actually died of a drug overdose, but he used to say he was going to kill himself on stage. Mm-hmm. He used to say that he was going to he wanted to kill other people in the audience, and he would threaten to do it but then get himself arrested the night that he was supposed to do it. So every time he'd say he'd have this like murder-suicide, he'd go out, get in a fight, get himself arrested so he wouldn't actually have to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, and Todd Phillips in this documentary basically says, I always felt really bad, you know, he ended up going out like a, like a punk, you know, going out like a junkie. I really wanted a blaze of glory, 
murder, suicide, him taking a load of people with him. And that was the mindset that this motherfucker had. And the guy who is now going on about how you can't joke about anything anymore. Like, the, the, and like his icon was shitting on the floor. <laughs> like, talking about G.J. Allen on the last episode and probably why we did this, but um, yeah. Yeah, do you think so? Do you think um, a lot of his stuff was contrived? Obviously, he did self harm a lot. He did harm others mm-hmm. a lot. Assaulted people. Claimed to people claimed he raped people and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like, do you think is uh, a lot of it was contrived? The whole like, I'm gonna kill myself and stuff. Or do you think he really would have? Um, uh, I th- I think he was very much a. Um, a plastic sort of person like he did I don't think he would have I think he he very much like the, the other person like the you know these sort of like people like Manson and stuff like who would go out and do these like horrible things like whereas like Gigi was about talking about doing these horrible things and building himself up and creating this sort of like it's like idea. a rapper and like <laughs> he's like a rapper yeah it's like it's like being a gangster rapper but like it's talking about it and hyping it up like and obviously he had a lot of um mental health issues and stuff and like it really he should like you know in people sort of like put him on stage rather than giving him help but like you can't there's no excuse really for him because like if you think about somebody like Daniel Johnson, who also had a lot of problems, but is just this lovely man who had like, you know, who was, who was making music around the same time and sort of like, like comparable between the two is they both had their struggles and they both had like mental health issues and stuff. Whereas Gigi sought uh, shock and, and hurting other people. Whereas like Daniel Johnson just didn't and internalized himself and, you know, ended up like influencing David Bowie and stuff. Yeah, just what you're saying about his, his um, mental health, like, and uh, so in '89 he was arrested and charged with assault to do great bodily harm to uh, less than murder of a female acquaintance in Michigan. Um, and in a psychological evaluation made as part of the trial, Allen was judged as having at least average intelligence and was described as courteous, cooperative, and candid. The unnamed evaluator noted that Allen did not appear psychotic and seemed comfortable with his unorthodox lifestyle. However, he asserted that Alan was dependent on alcohol and had a mixed personality disorder with narcissistic, borderline, and masochistic features. So that's kind of what you've alluded to. Uh, people with personality mm. disorders tend to talk a lot of shite, to be honest. Um, like they'll they'll be quite maybe not not as delusional as someone with like delusional schizophrenia or something like that, but they would be likely to make things up in order to cause chaos. Do you know what I mean? If they had um, yeah. like narcissistic or borderline um, personality disorder, you know. Uh-huh. If, if we're comparing to a, like his modern contemporary, somebody like Marilyn Manson, who you know who has you know pissed on crowds, rubbed his balls on members of the audience and stuff, is about Dark his Kelly. image. But then behind, but, yeah, and R. Kelly, <laughs> R. Kelly or Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, so Marilyn Manson pissed on people on stage. R. Kelly did it behind stage. That was the the issue. Like that was yeah. <laughs> that was like I mean, if you like I said, if he was doing on stage, it's performance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the narcissism and like the god complex and like the the thinking that he can do what he wants to, um, you know, underage people and all that kind of thing. Like that, this, there are parallels. Obviously, R. Kelly was a lot more converse, commercially successful, so more people know about it and stuff. But the kind of thing that he say that, that Alan claimed they could do, they claimed they could have sex with 12, 14, 13, 14 year old boys and girls. Like he claimed that, like that's the sort yeah. of shit fucking R. Kelly was doing, and. You know. Yeah, exactly, and and the fact that he was doing it behind closed doors rather than it being performance art, it, like I'm doing bunny ears for people who who can't see because this is an audio medium. But like, do you know what I mean? This is the thing of like 
why like he was allowed to get away or got away with quite a lot of Gigi Allen because it was it was front and center and it was pro- provo- provocation. Yeah. Whereas like um, R. Kelly got away with it for a long time because it was behind closed doors and he had a different public image. Uh, uh, but they were both doing and saying the same thing. Uh, but I think DJ Allen was also doing a lot of stuff behind closed doors with his fucking cult fan base. Do you know what I mean? Like, and and his bandmates as well. Um, you know, the drummer who thought he had a fucking telepathic connection to the lunatics that I think they called the female fans. They thought he could thought they could basically do what they want with them, and they were they were probably manipulating quite young boys and girls into like joining their fucking like band of lunatics and just fucking them and stuff. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Well, this is the thing. Like, they, like people who who take this, and again, like linking this back to Manson and like Marilyn Manson and stuff, fame gives them power over people because like it, it allows them to frame their own sort of like, it's like with uh, Scientology. If you start saying they're standing on the street, Scientologists saying, <clears throat> are you unhappy? Come and take a personality test. The person who's going to say yes to that is somebody who is not happy yeah. and they're probably going to be quite easy to manipulate. And if you're looking for those sort of people and you're, brand is that you're hurting yourself and do you want to see a man shoot himself on stage tonight the person yeah. who's going to say yes to that is going to be somebody he can take advantage of for sure man yeah, yeah. like someone that wants to be hurt themselves or wants to witness someone being hurt yeah. probably someone that's quite vulnerable mentally mm-hmm. um and then and yeah. the people that are interviewed i can play a wee part of the documentary where he interviews some of his fans hang on even the fear thing because there's been a couple gd shows where i was definitely afraid that my skull was going to be cracked at any minute and it's, you know, it's that whole thing. It's, it's kind of like going to be the most bizarre freak show you'd ever want to see in your life. Yeah. Why do people go to freak shows? He's got some real diehard fans, you know. He's got fans that would that would probably kill themselves with him if he won. Uh, I've had plenty of people say to me, well, I'm going to be standing right in the front row when, when Gigi kills himself, and hopefully he'll take me with him, you know. So I think that's a pretty hardcore fan right there. That's some fucking vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely all like and again it's it's okay, this so last August it was Gigi's birthday and he just gotten in town. Hung out with him a little bit, went to the first show in Jersey and said, Let's throw a birthday party for Gigi and cook out of my house. Me and Lenny bought a bunch of meat, a bunch of beer, and we bought Gigi's Jim Beam. Gigi comes over, and before he came, he said, I'm not coming to Brooklyn unless you're going to get a girl to piss or shit in my mouth. I said, okay, just come on over. We'll get somebody, because this is track horse right around the place where I was living. We're figuring, I'll get somebody. You know, Gigi will pay him 50 bucks if he has to, we'll get somebody. You don't start here, do you? You get to this point. There's nobody starts to getting crackles around to piss in a guy's mouth so they'll come to your birthday party. <laughs> I just want to put them as well. So, like R. Kelly's people, his, his mad fanatics. Yeah, true. I know, and people's, people say, like, oh, why didn't they come forward first? And, like, look at, this man was going to get a crackle to piss in somebody's mouth for, a, a, like, it... They, these people yeah. do exert power and they are scary. Like, yeah. this is why the Me Too movement is important. It's because, like, a collective voice is easier to, to speak up than one person. Because, like, you know, like, just, like, people are scared of R. Kelly. They're scared of, like, Gigi Allen. Like, it's mad. And some, it might not even be physically scared of them, but, like, scared of them withdrawing their love or their fame. That's so grim, isn't it? Can you see it? Oh, God damn it. Oh, fuck me, man. It's disgusting. Oh. All over 
his face and then took another mouthful of piss. I mean, he's a pretty happy boy after that. I mean, I, I felt good about him not even having to pay out his money and I got the girl to piss on him for his birthday. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just a, a snippet of like what his fucking fan base was uh, willing to do for him and, and happy to do for him. They were like, he was excited to get that that lady to pee on him and shit on him. and it's fucking, a proud moment in his life yeah. that he got the girl to yeah. her Gigi. That's, that's insane. <laughs> um, it's your birthday today, isn't it, Ian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, everyone to be proud. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a uh, Parkshire Road. <laughs> Piss on me, shit on me. <laughs> no, that's me. That's like oh, my worst nightmare, man. <laughs> I'll just cancel. I'll phone I'll, up and cancel I'll, that. <laughs> yeah, worked in a care home for long enough that uh, you know we don't want that in your fucking face. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jeez, Lord. Um, so you were going to no, no. some people that done. Um, some other musicians that had uh, some crazy antics and how we can compare them. Yeah, I was going to say, so this this is a, a new segment that we're calling the Gigi off, in which uh, <laughs> I'm going to go through some other people who have done stuff on stage and then we're going to, we can, we're going to go toe-to-toe with Gigi. So we're going to start with, like, we're going to start with, you know, we could start with something like Ozzy Osbourne has bitten the head off of a bat, nice and simple, and then you could come at me with something that Gigi's done to see if it's worse. Mm-hmm. Already? Yeah. Okay. So we'll start, we'll start with Iggy Pop. Uh, Iggy Pop used to roll around in shards of glass and regularly used to puke on stage. Um, at one point, <laughs> he injected heroin into himself. When doing so, small amounts of blood would go back into the heroin needle. He would then shoot these on the wall. <laughs> I mean, I started hard. I started with Iggy Pop, which is, to be fair, you know, same scene, same time. Um, this is just before, like, uh, him and uh, David Bowie went to went to like Berlin to try and get him off of the source. Um, so yeah, now Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so. Number 15 on this uh, 16 facts about Gigi Allen. Clean-cut Southern rockers, drive-by truckers wrote a song uh, called The Night Gigi Allen Came to Town. This was based on what happened when Allen and his band The Murder Junkies played at the Antenna Club in Memphis on November 16, 1991. Among other, th- among other things, he shoved a microphone up his arse. <laughs> 99, I mean, like, it's mad to think that stuff like this was happening, like, roughly when, you know... Like a space jam isn't far away from this, you know. Like we're not <laughs> we're not far far off a space jam happening when a guy was shoving microphones up his ass on stage. Um, okay, so we've got Marilyn Manson, um, a no, noted cunt Marilyn Manson, ironed a Nazi flag on stage, pissed into the crowd, and has rubbed his ball bag on a male member of the audience. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> so he, he rubbed his ball bag on a bald member of the audience, a male member of the audience. <laughs> That's just funny. I mean, I know, I mean, all bald people get like a lot of uh, get a lot of shit, but like if you're gonna rub your balls on someone, it should be a bald person because they, they it's not gonna cling to skin as much as it would cling to hair. Um, oh, no, like he would feel every ridge on his head though. You know what I mean? If you if you had a bit of a sweat on and then it was to stick to the person's hair, 
and then come away from Ooh. the person with so you'd be then stretching their hair and your ball sack so the most safety conscious thing to do would be to rub it on a bald man's head <laughs> but it could it could be like when it sticks to the inside of your leg when you get sweaty he could do it if that guy's going to be sweaty if he's right at the front of that gig and then you could get like a little bit of skin glue going on there and as he pulls away it would just be stretching out the ball back GJ Allen probably did that yeah to be fair probably did I mean there was the one where he like we saw in the documentary where it was like a he was just he was just yelling at the crowd I think he was doing like a spoken word performance he was just yelling at the crowd and some women in the group the audience was yelling back at him and she walked up right in front of him they're sort of facing each other off and he's shouting in her face now he just grabbed her by the hair sort of like we were describing you might be able to do with your ball sack he just grabbed her by the hair and then dragged her and then started smacking her head off a fucking wall like it was quite difficult to watch that shit man. I know so it's because like yeah. uh, he had said that he he was like I'm going to kill myself next time I'm on stage like he said like many times and she was just like well just do it already and then that, yeah, was, that, was, that, was. that was what he was so angry about and he's like well come up and tell it to my face say it in the microphone it's like <laughs> then they fucked <laughs> that's the pure it's just the pure and he lit the place on fire he set a place on fire no it was in there that he like lit the Oh yeah, you set a newspaper on fire. It's literally the exact. That's such a pure example of like that a a man who like bigs himself up, being made to look small by a woman, and just like not having any recourse for it other than horrific violence against the woman. It's just so typical. But I reckon if you're at that guy's show and you're like looking for a, um, and you're looking for a. Because he 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 wanted he it was like everyone that went to that show was like going there for a fucking fight, like yeah. I mean, he do you reckon that do you reckon that that person was there because she wanted to shout at him and get him to fucking hit her? Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's like, like a think, it seems to be like a masochistic yeah. side to his fan base. I think that I think a lot of it's also to do with the idea of why you'd want to be on a roller coaster. You want to be on something that's scary, but know that you're safe. And I don't think that these people are there necessarily to get hurt themselves, but they are definitely there to be near danger. Yeah. Well, I I mean, then you wouldn't be the one fucking screaming at them. I wouldn't be anyway. I'd probably go and watch her <laughs> just purely out of like wanting to fucking see. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I feel like I, w- I wouldn't be as, mm. as as in much danger as like someone who was like smaller or a woman or whatever. Um, well, it's a clip of one of his fans who says like, "Oh, I just want to see everyone else get beat up as long as he doesn't come near me." Yeah, he like, just goes he behind can just, He can just. He's like, yeah. Yeah, always, always stay behind him. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that that woman deserved that in any way. Um, but like, you're thinking if you're at that show, you're screaming at the guy to kill him. So you're. I mean, you're, there's obviously. I reckon that woman must have just a fucking like a clusterfuck of like mental issues. You know what I mean? Um, and these people that just don't have any other answers and they're fucking following this guy around the country um, yeah know, well. and then there been, but then there would have been people like me who would have been like just fucking I want to see what this is like because they like going to fucking crazy punk shows but what what see what this yeah. guy who really takes it too far is like from a distance I'd probably like try and hide you know what I mean I'd be like the shite bag fucking hiding behind the drum, set or drum kit or something you know? mm-hmm. but you could be there when it all kicked off yeah <laughs> Well, it's just like it's like the um, it's like the band daughter at the moment. Obviously, like the lead singer of yeah, in uh, Glasgow last year, man. They were fucking great, but I was so drunk that I can remember like snippets of it, man. Um, (laughs) I I regret that because it's like he'd he'd stabbed he'd snap he's like stabbed a member of the audience before, right? The guy from Daughter, did he? 
Daughters? Yeah. Aye, I didn't know that. sure. Maybe stab me, I don't have a fucking clue. It's going to be you by that point. Um, and I do have a, I do have the only woman on this list uh, here for you. Lady Gaga got a person to come on stage and puke green milk on her during a performance. Mm. Mm. How'd you get green milk? Green milk? Is diet green? Yeah, what the fuck's green milk? <laughs> what is green milk? That's some vegan shit. That's like, <laughs> that's, like a, that's like a juice that they sell to vegans. It's, like, it's called green milk. It's actually fucking watered down spinach. <laughs> how, how do you get somebody to throw green milk up on you, you poker face? Um, <laughs> I love it. Hey. That was a good gaga. Mm, that low, mm, that low, that low hanging fruit is so sweet. <laughs> yeah, so you had Lady Gaga being spewed on. I'll raise you. So at GJ's last ever show in 93, the power-up was cut off after the second song. So he trashed the place, then covered in his own blood and feces, went to his friend Johnny Puke's flat and accidentally overdosed on heroin. At 36 years old, he was dead. But it didn't stop there. He had instructions. Uh, his funeral was a weird party too. He had instructions not to wash his body clean of feces for his favourite leather jacket and jock strap to be worn and for him to be buried with a bottle of Jim Beam. <laughs> People took photos with the corpse, had a party, and his brother even put headphones on him. That's a really good idea for the Weekend of Bernie reboot. <laughs> <laughs> weekend of Bernie? Is this the one the one time <laughs> to make the decisions? <laughs> Todd Phillips, if you're listening, like I'm assuming you'll definitely make this film before us and you have enough money. So... <laughs> Well, I put on the Geraldo Rivera interview of uh, Gigi Allen. Or did you have more stage antics? Sorry, I think I think we've uh, I think we, we're going to say that he won that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's definitely, yeah. And yeah. all the rest of them are just people taking shits, which Gigi does left, right, and centre. So, yeah. like you know, Frank Zappa. Do there's something grim post uh, mortem, which is interesting. <laughs> 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 so I don't think anybody can top that can they really coming back from the dead to do something grim but yeah fantastic it's been said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder and nowhere is that more true than in my studio today let's meet these artists now and we'll also meet those who feel their work is nothing but smut this is Gigi Allen Gigi is a rock and roller who makes the most wild punk groups pale in comparison I don't know if you'll recall this, but he made the news recently, Gigi did, when it was revealed that he relieved himself on stage live. Why, Gigi, did you feel a need to, uh, to defecate in front of a live audience? Well, my body is the rock and roll temple, and my flesh, blood, and body fluids are a communion to the people, whether they like it or not. I mean, I'm not, not out to please anybody. My, my rock and roll is more... Not to entertain, but to annihilate. I'm trying to bring danger back in the rock and roll. And there are no limits and no laws. And I'll break down every barrier put in front of me till the day I die. <laughs> yeah, Gigi. Coming from a, a, a Gigi uh, Allen fan club there in the first two rows. Notice the cool mustache of the third guy in on the first row. So this is the guy we mentioned with the uh, Hitler stash. Cyburns weren't as big. I This is what I mean. They like watching car crashes in slow motion, don't they? Like putting that front and center stage. I'm surprised he made it on telly, to be honest with you. I'm, I got to be a little bit impressed. I think America, I think America at that time was um, 
even more so than now just willing to put anyone that would generate like ratings on the fucking chat shows um, like you know like probably around that which is probably later than that but like Oprah Winfrey's show had like midgets running about fighting each other and all that shit yeah Jerry Springer was like huge in the 90s um, I think like they were just looking for uh, drama and shock stuff do you know what I mean absolutely yeah I mean like and that's again that's that's kind of all he had to offer and like and his reason for offering it was so he can manipulate people and it's it's but like at the same time it's like by you know this is you have to have provocative art and this is kind of like somebody using it to the nth degree to provocate but also is doing it because they're a nasty person it's a weird little double-edged sword isn't it like you, mm. you you want people to be challenging but the people who want to be challenging are in themselves not very nice yeah well yeah I mean there's plenty of people that are challenging like loads of um, within like punk and stuff like that like that, that can create carnage on stage like Frank Carter for example um, yeah like they can create carnage on stage but you don't have to be a fucking manipulative piece of shit you know what I mean you can you can still you can still have like passion and like power I know he just obviously took it to like the nth degree and, and for the for the sake of shock and for the sake of fucking fame basically and just and as you said manipulating people mm-hmm. um, yeah um, this is the like and again it's like what we said about like the easiest joke is the shock laugh the dead baby jokes and shit and that's it's all it really is is like it's the easiest fucking it's the low hanging fruit it's they're just you're just looking for any reaction um and like which it, you know and just like from the hunchback of Notre Dame <clears throat> I asked for wealth I asked for fame <laughs> asked for glory to shine on my name <laughs> I asked for love can I possess Gigi Allen from Hunchback of Notre Dame <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I was not expecting this to be comparing uh, any <laughs> in this podcast, but I enjoyed it, man. Um, I think that's a good place to finish. Uh, anything you wanted to add? No, I, I yeah, fuck DJ <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's your intro. <laughs> yeah, stop. All right, man. That, it's been fucking uh, happy birthday, by the way. And thanks oh, for doing cheers, this. Yeah, twenty seven the day. Um, so I'll be going out at some point. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> twenty seven club. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, one in one out. Everybody used to used to say that about me, but after twenty seven was the year, I just I got really cautious. I was like, I'm going to stop doing as much gear now. Like, <laughs> just like I was just like, I'd found myself in like a toilet of a bar of like a bar or some a festival or something, and I just went, well, maybe not, maybe not tonight. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have a little. Wa- Do you want another? Yeah, another shot for me. I'm just going to have a water first, just to make. Like yeah, I started drinking waters in between drinks, and I never did that in my early twenties. I used to just go for it. But, Fucking um, smart. Yeah, you occasionally water now, and it, and it really helps. Um, you know, yeah. if you if you want to if you want to have the longevity, and yeah, twenties, you need to you need to be able to have a few life. Pace yourself. You know? Yeah. Pace myself. Yeah. Get older. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, enjoy yourselves. Have great cocktails. Have great drinks, and see you soon. Okay. Take it easy, Good mate. Cheers. You. Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye.